From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Okay, I want to put this on the table as we kick off Sports Talk with Jock on a Monday night. There is not a conspiracy against the Calgary Stampeders, as some fans have suggested. Some fans suggest... The league hates the Stamps. They don't want the Stamps back in the Grey Cup game, and that's why the team is getting hosed like they did on Saturday night with some poor officiating. Hey, was there poor officiating? You bet there was poor officiating. But some of this is on the Calgary Stampeders. They did take some deserved penalties in this game. They took way too many penalties in this game. And let's not forget, it was a perfect storm. Because just as the Calgary Stampeders did to the BC Lions earlier this season, the Montreal Alouettes did it to the Calgary Stampeders. The Stampeders' defense was totally gassed in that game. They couldn't make a stop when it counted. And sure enough, Montreal storms back from an 11-point deficit. They get the touchdown, the two-point convert, the onside kick, and then they drive for the game-tying field goal. And you know what happened after that. Was it confusing at times as a fan? You bet it was confusing because I I didn't understand some of the calls either. And I know our lead guest tonight, well, he he said right after the game, he said, I don't understand the rules anymore, and I'm going to need some clarification from the league on these rules. So who better to talk about this game than the head coach of your Calgary Stampeders? Hey, coach, how are you? Well, I'm doing better. Yeah, life life goes on, right? <laughs> yeah, and 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 I I'm going to preface this by saying I don't want to get you into trouble with the league tonight because I know there are fines out there if you're too critical on the officiating. However, I I know yesterday you did say you wanted to reach out to the league yourself and John Huffnagel. You know, Darren Hackwood is the director of officiating for the CFL. You wanted some clarification. Did you do that today, or is that still in progress? Yeah, no, I didn't do it with Huff, but I did it on my own with Darren. I really appreciate that he at least. What I wanted was him to look at the clips and really study them. And then, you know, just honestly, just be a man about it and come back and give me your take on it. And uh, I really don't want to get into the details um, because uh, when guys do that and they put themselves out there, you know, it's, it's not changing the outcome of the game. We still lost. Whether you think the calls weren't good or not, it's not going to change. But you do want to make sure um, there had to be a process, and you have to be people have to be accountable. And he assured me that they would be. Okay. And uh, I don't think anyone that watched the game thought um, thought there there were some missed calls. There's going to be every game, but the ones that got me so down was that we a lot of them are automatically reviewable by a command center in Toronto. And I do think there will be either a conference call or a memo that comes out clarifying what they're trying to do in the command center. So that hasn't happened. I would I would hope it does, though, because right now, obviously, coaches and fans, uh, at least I am, I'm a little bit confused on why the command center didn't step in and fix some of the calls that they're supposed to fix uh, if they felt they were wrongly called, and I think we all know they were. Fair enough. So, so you had you, you had the conversation with Darren today, and, and again, not getting into details, but were you were you happy with the response you got? I'm just happy that he called me. Okay. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, they know I'm not happy about it, and and they know that coaches are probably always going to 
bitch about their own team and how many calls went against them because there's calls honestly that Montreal could have gotten as well. Um, but it does take a, you know, I do appreciate that they are willing to at least say they've looked at them and, uh, you know, and, and just try to at least help a guy out to know if, if is it going to hopefully, is there a process in place that we can try to maybe fix a few of the ones that maybe, maybe they were a little overzealous in calling, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm on record as saying I'm not a big believer in the quarterbacks uh, getting treated like China dolls. I, I'm on record. I played the position. I know what it's about. As a quarterback, you do not want to see a flag when a guy puts two hands on you and you don't even fall. You don't. And and I think player safety is important, but all of us enjoy the game of football. And as a quarterback, you're the leader. You get paid the most. You want to be treated like the other guys and when we talk player safety, we need to realize it's got to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. And quarterbacks can't be put on a pedestal and treated 100% different. That's just not a game that I want. And it has gone that way a little bit, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But it certainly is something that uh, I've never been in favor of and it will continue to never be in favor of. So we've come to a point in the game, Coach, that, that I think quarterbacks are now starting to sell a, a hit. And and in the NHL, we've seen, you know, embellishment, diving penalties introduced against players who embellish. Is that something that we're going to have to go down the path in the Canadian Football League? Yeah, we have, we, we have fines for that. That is a new, this would be the first year that they do that. And I believe they're looking at Vernon Adams on the last one of embellishing. Now, whether it gets fined or not, they'll, they get to decide, but there are fines. And I think a fine is a good thing uh, because most of these guys don't make enough money to be just thrown it away. And if, you know, we don't want to get soccer, I'm not interested in seeing guys faking stuff. I'm not. So uh, you're going to get hit a lot, and he, he took a lot of legit hits. There's no reason to embellish it, and um, we'll see. That one there. I mean, I know the one you're talking about. Uh, he took a huge hit, a legal hit, but there was embellishing at the end of it, no doubt about it. And mm-hmm. that supposedly didn't play into the referee's decision to call it, is what I was told. But certainly we don't want to see that. And there, there are some things in place. Punters, too. I don't know if you watched the BC punter last year. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. He never got hit, and he'd, like, limp off the field. You will get fined if that. And guess what? It hasn't happened this year because no. people know about it. So I think we've got things in place to, to hopefully uh, – Limit that at least, because none of us want to see guys acting. Right. Uh, there's enough real violence and real hits out there. You don't need to show us uh, and embellish the ones that that uh, don't necessarily occur. And, and you know what, Coach? Uh, I think the fine is a good step, but but uh, I think a 15-yard penalty could offset because you could still be be charged for roughing the passer. But then if the quarterback embellishes, then it just offsets. I I believe they can do that. Okay. Okay. But the the problem you have is it's tough to decide right there how much is I mean the punter's easy because he didn't get hit Mm -hmm. but he did take a good hit you know but you can see there's definitely I don't know if you saw it earlier in the year Vernon had another one against uh, Edmonton and it was right after Caleros got whacked and he slid late and the Edmonton guy went over the top of him didn't touch him and he looked like he had just uh, got shot by a sniper and it popped right back up and I believe he popped right back up because he realized he knew the rule that I can't embellish this and they can they can necessarily call a flag and find me. So, I mean, I think it's in the guy's minds. 
you know, there's other players uh, throughout. I can honestly tell you, though, you can look back at a, whatever 150 games I played. I didn't embellish one hit. Uh, I think it's not part of what uh, real football is about. And so I'm more than happy to get it out of the game, which we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, so just for clarity's sake, uh, the the command center, if a call is missed, like a roughing the passer penalty, the command center can still make that call upstairs, can they not? The command center is supposed to review all roughing the passer penalties and all non-called roughing the passer penalties. And that's where you get a little bit confused is the one time there was no flag and then all of a sudden there was a uh, roughing the passer. Right. And then I asked, and they said, no, it didn't, did not come from the command center. So that one there, that was when the hands went to the sky for me because that, I, I still, I, I just uh, didn't get a number. I didn't get a player with a penalty. That one there was a ghost. But all roughing the passers are supposed to be reviewed by the command center. Okay. And the thing about it is none of us want a four-hour football game. Okay, none of us want that. But I think when they're critical penalties in situations, stop the game and look at it. Now, I could have had a challenge, too. And if I would have won my challenge, hopefully I could have done a better job and done that. But I did. I lost my challenge. And right. so now I'm at the mercy of the command center doing their job. Hmm. And uh, ultimately was unable to, to have the calls go to my side. So there are checks and balances, and I like it. And I think that's... Technology is there for a reason. Our league has embraced it. We've all we've decided to be a trendsetter. We were the first league to do that. But we want to make sure they're doing what they're telling us they're going to do. And uh, I question that obviously. And I was like I said, I do expect to be hopefully. I want a memo or I want I want a conference call to just say you know what we're looking at it, but we're just not going to change it unless. I don't know, unless there's just, I, I don't know. It's just unsa- I haven't yeah. seen them really change it anyway. Now, earlier in the year, I don't know if you remember, Cordero Law slid over a quarterback on Toronto, they called it. The command center came back and said, no, we're picking up the flag. I just thought that was perfect. Okay. Obviously, went our way. So of course, I'm going <laughs> to like it. But that's what it's supposed to be. Is it, if you think you saw it, you can call it. Same thing on Nate Hawley's. When he got knocked the guy out of bounds, he was trying to hold the guy up. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. Command center can come in and say, no, 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 <laughs> that wasn't a UR. Um, let's pick up the flag. And and we the thing about the command center and fans need to realize is they're never going to create a penalty on a UR except quarterback roughing. They can create that. But if it's a non-call like Edmonton had against Terry William, uh, Williams the other day on the sideline, whether the command center thought that was a late push or not, they will not create that penalty. But since it's already been called, they have the right – to say, no, no, after review, it just wasn't there. Okay. Let's pick it up and move forward. And that's that's the the hope that technology helps you. You know, we all want technology to help us, so hopefully that works a little better in the future. Okay, so this is, you know, we've spent most of this show on, on roughing the passer. Uh, the, the one play that drove me nuts, and I, I'm sure you weren't happy with it either, was the first Vernon Adams touchdown in overtime because that was such a delayed call by the official. And video replay, I, I'm still looking for the, the ball to cross the line. I, I, don't know how, I don't know what the referee saw. I, I don't know what the command saw, but it was such a delayed call. I didn't quite understand that. Was that discussed today? 
it's discussed. Um, they have a process. They have a procedure. They're trying to get it right. Um, you know, we timed it. It was 24 seconds from when the play started till the signal. And I think any any common sense, that's too long. And I think Darren admits that. But they're trying to get it right. They know it's a it's a basically win or lose the game. Um, so, listen, as I said, went on record, I couldn't see him get across the line either. I don't think no one could. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you necessarily raise your arms up if that's the case. But they felt like they could see the quarterback across the line and that that was the way to go. But, yeah, it was a tough one. Um, been in some games through the years. Those are tough calls regardless. I lost the Labor Day game back in uh, 99 with Mike McCoy doing that. Uh, <laughs> I was a starter, and, and I thought he got across, and they said no. So you're always going to have arguments there, but mm-hmm. I don't think any of us want 24 seconds to go by before making a call. It felt like a minute, you know, 24 seconds. But I that's... said 20 to 30 minutes, and my, I was so flustered. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Like you said, that's you just I, – I know it's a hard call, and I know there's pressure there. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's no way a video review command center is overturning that. No. They're not overturning it if it's called no touchdown either because there's no, you can't see anything. Exactly. It's just a mass of humanity. So that one to me, yeah, certainly command center, I felt was in the right. There's no way you can overturn that. Yeah, you may disagree with me on this one, but, uh, you know, the final play, Eric Rogers, I, I thought the right foot did come down first. But I, I was asked this question, you know, if, if a player comes down and at the, at the same time, you know, one foot is in, one foot is out, that, that's still a, an illegal catch, is it not? Still illegal. Right. Yeah, it was whether yeah. or not that back foot had to maintain contact with the ground the entire time. Um, real close. You know, um, you know. I honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't complain to the command center and the guys about that because, in my opinion, there was enough doubt there that mm-hmm. I, I believe you could go with the call in the field. Um, that one, I, I actually, uh, you know, that's why I'm critical that I think that was the right call. Now, I think he probably did. I personally felt like he did drag his foot, and it was an amazing play by Eric and throw by Nick. Um, so I could see the ref calling it a touchdown. Listen, if he calls it a touchdown, it's not getting overturned either. Right. So um, it just it was one of those when you slow it down, you're like, man, I think he got that foot in, and uh, and I I and I did slow it down. I was in, but it was really close. So that one's hard for me to uh, complain too much on. All right, so the texts are rolling in, as you might expect, for head coach Dave Dickinson. I like this one from Mike. Mike says, Jock, I've been a Stamps fan for more than 40 years, and while I was scratching my balding head a lot during the last 30 minutes of Saturday's game, I would have to say that was one of the most entertaining finishes to any football game in a long time. That is great for the league. And, and yes, we've talked about that with Coach Dickinson before because right now, if you're a fan of this team, you are entertained because every game seems like it comes down to the wire, Mike. Ryan has a a question for you, though, Coach. Ryan says, I don't think the secondary had their best night on Saturday. Is that partly soft coverage or lack of pass, rush, or both? Well, I think a little of both. I think uh, some of our vets there, I mean, I thought Jay Wall had a pretty solid game. I mean, Smitty uh, wasn't at his best. Um, you know, we did make some interceptions. We also had a couple that could have, could have finished it for us. I do think the secondary is a product of not only their skill, but of the pass rush. And we had the least amount of pass rush we've had all all year. So 
you know, it was just a kind of for us, the defense, let's be honest, has had some really good games and has played excellent. Uh, this was not one of those games. So that happens all the time, though, and it's up to the other two phases to pick it up. And I felt they did it, just just not quite enough. I mean, special teams was one of our better games and then really gets tainted by not getting the onside kick. So it's hard to really say that any one unit had a perfect game, but I, I honestly felt, yeah, the the D had a, a tough night, and, and it was up to the other two phases to pick him up. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of special teams, I believe uh, that's where Cliff wants to go tonight. Cliff, you're on the air with head coach Dave Dickinson. Yeah, coach, uh, thanks for thanks for talking about like a, a tough result. But, it, you know, there were a lot of positives. And one thing I want to say I really enjoyed watching was uh, uh, the punt team, punt coverage. And uh, uh, I'm really enjoying watching uh, number 40, Nate Hawley, playing that. Uh, well, uh this this week, it seemed like you moved him out to sort of an inside gunner position, and it uh, it seemed like God, that guy had a great release every single time, and and five yards down the field, he was like ten steps ahead of the guy whoever was blocking him, and uh, uh, I just uh, he he's fun to watch. I just implore fans like uh, when you're when when the team's on punt, like like give that guy a watch. And uh, uh, just one question, like uh, as far as like punt coverage, after you know, all things being equal. At the end of the season, what what position on punt team would you consider, or would you expect would have the most tackles? Is it is it, is yeah. it one yeah. of the gunners or? Yeah, it's, I mean it could be. See, we listen. Everybody knows that we have been struggling. So let's give Mark Killams the credit. I he, I think he's a great coach anyway. But so we went back and he, or he did, and you know he he decided to kind of come up with some different schemes, some different theory on covering kicks, and so we started doing some different stuff on what we, we were, how we were fitting. Most of the times what you do is you fit outside and you try to funnel people up to your guys coming from the inside. And, and to me, then the returners, obviously, you know, you got a lot of people coming at you and you got to make multiple people miss and it hasn't been working for us. So we started like running some X schemes and, and putting a, a guy that uses on the edge, put him in the middle. And that's probably where your son Nate too is releasing from the inside to the outside it really worked well Courtney Stevens had an amazing game as well so you know let's give Mark some credit there he really he's obviously a great coach but he he knew he had to adjust and he had to try some different schemes and teams will catch on to that and we'll have to adjust again so but I I really want to give him some love because uh, the cover teams had an excellent game Coach, we're not going to take all the calls tonight. Jim and Dave, sorry, uh, you just got in a little bit late. I, I do want to wrap it up because we're out of time. Um, I, I know Nick Arbuckle said he's going to stick around town this week because he's got to get some treatment on his arm. Uh, he had a heck of a game. Uh, what is the plan for you and, and your coaching staff this week? Well, I'm watching Wildcats football right now, I'm watching <laughs> my son. Uh, and they had a jamboree on the weekend. and. uh uh, it's tough because, I mean, here I am in the weekend. They're playing the Stampeders, and I'm rooting against the Stampeders. That's hard for me when I see the horse and the red. But we're going to be here, too. I mean, we got some time off. We have 16 days. We need it. Um, but we'll come back and, and reevaluate everything. Uh, everyone has projects to do. And Ryan Dinwiddie's getting married, um, so we want to wish him the best. Nice. Um, so there's lots of things going on. But I'm glad the players that are here, I told them, let's get together. Let's throw the ball and make sure we, we use this time. It's not uh, rest time. It's, it's called get better time. Mm-hmm. So hopefully our players do that. Well, and, and, and that's so true, and that's a great message. Did, did you give the players a message before they left? Or? Of course, but, I mean, they know what's going on. Everyone yeah. is down, and there's no doubt about it. But what we got to realize, uh, we made it tougher on ourselves, but there's no reason our goal has changed. 
And uh, we got it improved, though. And when I talk about him, we're in a basically, let's not put our head in the sand either. We got to play better, coach better, make better calls, execute better, and hopefully come out on the right side and get a few more wins. Coach, really appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Dave Dickinson, head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Of course, he joins us after every single game for Tom's House of Pizza, where pizza lovers feel at home with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Tell you what I'll do right now. I'm going to give away two tickets to the Stamps and the Eskimos, the Labor Day Classic. Just be caller number four at 403-974-8255. Caller number four, you're going to the Labor Day Classic. Mostly cloudy and 18 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good evening from Global News. It's 7.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Calgary police are on the hunt for two people responsible for vandalizing Calgary's downtown Pride sidewalks. Police released CCTV footage of the two suspects who can be seen writing homophobic and offensive words on the newly painted sidewalks. The Alberta government has revealed an eight-member panel tasked with reviewing the effect supervised consumption sites have on communities in Alberta. Former Edmonton Police Chief Rod Connect has been selected to be the panel's chair. The Alberta Institute for Wildlife Conservation is issuing an appeal for support after admitting nearly 300 more animals than this time last year. The group rescues and rehabilitates injured or orphaned wildlife. Global news weather, partly cloudy for a low of 9 to nine degrees tonight, partly cloudy tomorrow for a high of 24, and Wednesday we'll see a clear sky and a high of 29. It's 18 degrees, breaking news, what it happens. Our next scheduled news at 8. I'm Ryan O'Donnell.